Hello and welcome to North 100, a Canadian Highlander podcast. I'm Serge and joining me today, I have a Wheeler and a Jer. Hello, yes, I am Jer. A reminder that North 100 is brought to you by you with your support over the Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. Welcome to part two of our Zendikar Rising set review. Now, some important and exciting news to talk about before we get into the episode. Exciting news number one, we have a brand new editor named Jordan, also known as Sickly on Twitter. Very excited to be working with her. And down in the comments, I'd love to see some positivity welcoming our new editor. And exciting announcement number two, due to popular demand, we're now going to allow Jer to not be covered by the card preview. Ooh, how do you feel, Jer? I'm free. <laughs> more more seriously, apologies to Jer. There was a technical error that we noticed a little bit too late in the whole in the whole process right now. And apologies there. All right. Welcome to part two of our Zendikar Rising set review. Today we're going to be covering black and red. That's right. This is going to be a three-part set review, as there are a lot of cards that we are excited to talk about. A reminder for our set reviews, this is not exhaustive. We are not going to be talking about every single card in the set, just the ones that we think are relevant to the format, and all the cards are going to be evaluated from a Canadian Highlander point of view. If it's good in modern, if it's good as a four of, doesn't matter. We only care about it in our very specific lens. Let's jump into it. Starting off, we have Acquisitions Expert. Two mana, one, two human rogue for one and a black. When it enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals a number of cards in their hand equal to the number of creatures in your party. You choose one of those cards and they discard it. This is a harder one to evaluate. What do you What do you two think? I think it goes in a pretty specific deck and it's good in that deck. And it's probably not going to be used much outside of that deck. Like, do people even play Blackmail anymore? Because Blackmail is a one-mana sorcery. Well, you're playing this in, like, Rotting Rats, Ravenous Rats. Yeah. Like, this this is an ability... I mean, Blackmail at the same time, but also, like, this is on a body. Which, anytime you have Discard on a body, it at least is worth looking at. Like, Ravenous Rats is only the kind of card you would see in, like, a really... Like, like Jerry says, right? Like, density-based... Where I think this is, if you want another thing that makes people discard, a glad of it. it does hit lands, which is nice. Like even oh. if you, you know, if you have a couple of things in your party, which you probably will, you can maybe peek at their lands, much like blackmail. When it doesn't give them an out to just like show you lands and then get to keep everything. Mm. I guess it is a better rat as it's a one, two instead of a one, one. And really quickly, just so we touch on it this episode, how relevant do you think party is going to be in our format? I I think party, I was in the camp that I'm pretty sure that if you are playing party cards, like they're all, most of them are creatures, like at least most of the ones that we're talking about, where party is like a big feature of it. I I think that you kind of just have to assume that you're going to have party at two pretty frequently. And after playing with party, obviously in formats with multiples, I feel like that's pretty kind of close to what it's going to be. Like, I guess even playing it in commander has felt like, oh, yeah, this 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 mechanic's great. Yeah, like I'm going to have one, maybe two. Yeah, exactly what you said. One, one or two on average, there would be the odd time where you have three. And I think four is going to be pretty, pretty few and far between. Yeah, I, yeah, don't ever see that happening, but two or three. Well, then let's move on to our next card, Agadim's Awakening. 
X, black, 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 sorcery. Return from your graveyard to the battlefield any number of target creature cards that each have a different Caverna mana cost of X or less. But wait, this is a double-faced modal card. On the other side is a black source that enters play untapped if you pay three life. Wheeler, what do you think? I think this card might actually be one of my favorite cards of the set. Like top three for sure. It's, again, very free in the sense that if you look at all of the decks that play black, like you can think mono black because of the heavy pip requirement, but even black X decks, like... I think this is insane in like my version of the rock, like the creature version of the rock. It's absurd in that deck. Because like no matter what your build is, if you are a deck that can justify the cost of this, like on the front side then you don't care as much about the downside. Like, again, and then there's always just the option comes into play taps. But, like, black decks can often, you know, want to deal damage to themselves as well. Yeah, this card's absurd. Like, I, I had to reread it a couple of times because I thought it was just kind of like a, a gruesome menagerie style of effect where you pick one, you know, a one-cost thing, a two-cost thing sort of thing. But, like, no. It's all, any number of target cards uh, below the X, that have different mana costs, obviously, but like... So it is sort of gruesome menagerie esque For sure, yeah. It, it, I thought it was like an exact port, but no, there's more flexibility with this. Really, really quickly, talk about that flexibility just in case people don't know what the difference is. Sure. So gruesome menagerie is a five mana sorcery that says you can return a three drop, a two drop, and a one drop from your graveyard. And... The way that this works is that obviously you can go larger, right? Like it's not as locked into saying here's one, here's two, here's three, and that's it. You could pull a five drop and a one drop, right? That's a lot of mana, but as Jared described, playing this in like a black green creature based deck that will, you know, probably have Sakura Tribe Elder, Courser of Crufix, that kind of stuff. You can bring back your little Dorcases, but you can also start pulling like really relevant cards out of the grave. Like getting back at the rag chest or something. Custody Lich. Yeah. And like usually these these kind of spells get like capped on like the fact that you're only getting three. Like there's a card from Akoria that did something similar to this. Hall of the Death Dwelling, I wanna say it it was. Called the Death Dweller. Yeah. I I was I was hopeful for that card, but then it was just like, oh, I got I got goozled again. So this is gruesome menagerie, but with more flexibility. Well, and it's a land, which is an absurd amount more fle- like like we can't we can't possibly overstate how much more flexibility this card has than. So at five, so if X is equal to two on Awakening, you can only bring back two creatures. Gruesome menagerie is going to get you three. Well, you could, sorry, you could bring back a zero drop. You're correct there. But I suppose as the game goes longer, you just have more and more upside with this. It's not a weird, different, unique CMC. So you can't bring back a creature with a one black pip versus a one generic pip and call those two different ones. So it's it's still one creature. Yeah, at, they're not different mana costs. They're different converted mana costs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just double checking that to make sure we're not giving people the wrong impression there. Neat. Also, like nostalgia point does anyone miss death cloud every day oh god yeah x black 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 every time i see that i shed one single tear and i'm just looking at the art and like art aside that could almost be a death cloud yeah absolutely maybe you know what maybe they're like let's put death cloud into into this and the artist was like finally and they're like oh wait psych 
Death, <laughs> Death Cloud is the number one card I think I would like to see added to Historic. Like, mm. it won't be great, but it would be Death Cloud. But, but it'd I'll be there. It. Yeah, well, I'll <laughs> cast it. <laughs> it won't be good, but I'll cast it. All right, let's move on to Blood Chief's Thirst. And this is like a flavor callback to uh, old, old Zendikar here. Anyways, one mana sorcery for single black with kicker for two and a black. Destroy target creature or planeswalker with a CMC of two or less. If this spell was kicked, instead destroy target creature or planeswalker. Jair. I actually really like this card, even though it's a sorcery. I still think it's it's going to be good enough. Just the fact that you have another really cheap black removal spell that can take out the the early drop creatures, even the ones that can get bigger, like being able to draw this late game and take out a Tarmogoy for a scavenging use that's getting out of control just for one mana and the ability to kill anything anything later. The fact that it tags Planeswalkers is what makes it playable. But yeah, I think it's just just a great card. It's like either efficient or versatile. So Back in my day, if you wanted a good removal spell for a black and a sorcery, you had to play Innocent Blood. Oh. Speaking of Death Cloud, makes me think of old Pox cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Coveted Prize. Five mana sorcery for four and a black, but this spell costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. Search your library for a card, put it into your hand, shuffle your library. If you have a full party, you may cast a spell with CMC four or less from your hand for free. Here we have another party card, and this time actually having a clause for a full party. I mean, we talked a little bit about this earlier on you're never going to have a full party. How much are you willing to spend for a demonic tutor here? I think if you're in a pretty heavy black creature deck that like will somewhat reliably have two out of the party, you could play it. But I'm not really in the market for a really expensive DT. Like Lots of those decks aren't even playing Dark Petition, which is almost certainly better than this a large portion of the time it's just too many too many hoops to get it to be really good uh, or even to like the mana where it's cheap enough to rival the other you know cheaper tutors but like i don't know if you're if you're like a black deck that can get this down to like two mana or three mana then which is is not super you know unlikely i guess for a black creature deck but like you just have better options that are already just cheaper up front always they come you you know they'll come paired with a downside right like unless you're playing a demonic tutor but obviously that's four points but like yeah i just struggle to see where these worlds will collide especially because there are already better options that don't see much play i want to talk about your your points conversation there though is there a chance that you're trying to be cheeky on your points and this is a sometimes demonic tutor sometimes slightly worse but zero points well just as ben ben mentioned it's like there's already better options that are zero points that don't see as much play so it's like too far down the pecking order i think most often unless you're like literally playing every possible demonic tutor you can find not to mention like if you are because we've mostly been discussing this within the realm of a mono black deck but even if you're a black x aggressive deck like 
a lot of those a lot of those decks still just use demonic tutor in their point spread like there's only so many pointed cards that those decks want or really need like they're not the kind of decks that draw strength beyond like mox jet right or like maybe a mana crypt or so that's fair but yeah i i, I would just rather not play this card well and often in the black <laughs> decks mana crypt and soul ring aren't even like they're good but they're not that good because of how pip hungry black cards are exactly that's why i say it's just like mox jet and might as well throw a black lotus in there or mox jet demonic tutor strip like that's a pretty common spread to totally. see all right, next up we have Demon's Disciple. Three mana, three, one human cleric for two and a black. When it enters the battlefield, each player sacks a creature or planeswalker. Wheeler. It's nice to get a, a medium kind of version of this card. You know, there's Flashbag, Black, or blah, blah, blah. Flashbag Marauder. Sorry, I tripped up on my words because I'm about to describe that it's incredibly disgusting. Like the art on that card is absolutely disgusting. It's the same effect, except it's a zombie as opposed to a human cleric here. And then there's a version from Fate Reforged that has really cool art. Merciless Executioner. Yeah, exactly. Merciless Executioner. So if you're looking for redundancy in these effects, which I mean, maybe a mono black midrange, a mono black, I've seen, like mono black dredge or mono black reanimator, like the reanimator stompy ish well, decks. Also, notably, that... this hits planeswalkers, which I think only Plague Crafter Plague Crafter before, does. Right? Yeah. Like this has some utility. To it for sure but i think much like you know acquisitions expert in a way is that this is the kind of card that you'd only really see if you're really looking to pile on uh density because if you just want this kind of effect i'd play yeah. Pl plague crafter is the better yeah exactly just play plague crafter but if you want more then you get to dip into these yeah, this is the next best one now because it also says yeah. Planeswalker that the other ones. Well, know. the zombie, the zombie text on Marauder or Flashbag Marauder can be somewhat relevant. Yeah, this is a human though, which you could argue is like almost as relevant, uh, probably. So. Right. I like but it. then we get yeah, this is not the card yeah, to yeah, spend yeah. a bunch <laughs> of nuanced discussion on like which tribal deck really needs to get to these tools i, I like it we, we have a note on this one being like probably not a lot to talk about and all of a sudden you're like which is the superior tribe i'm like gentlemen this is not the time you're like no <laughs> all right classic humans versus zombies next up drana got swole so drana is now back as the last blood chief five mana four four legendary vampire cleric for three black black she has flying she's lost first strike but has Whenever Drana, the last Blood Chief, attacks, defending player chooses a non-legendary creature card in your graveyard. Return that card to the battlefield with a plus one, plus one counter on it, and it's now a vampire in addition to its other types. Jair. Yeah, I think this card's sweet design. The immediate home I thought of for it was like the black-green creature rock deck where you're you're looking to, to like fuel your bin with Survival of the Fittest and you have a bunch of expendable early creatures that all have utility so you don't mind if they they come back again later yeah I, I think this card's pretty reasonable i'd look to try it out it does have the sort of limiting factor that it's a five drop that doesn't do anything when it enters you have to untap with it but it does have the clause of if you untap with it it does really good things and you're probably going to win yeah i could see playing it i could also see it not being good enough next up we have feed the swarm two mana sorcery one in a black Destroy target creature or enchantment an opponent controls. You lose life equal to that permanence CMC. 
Black has enchantment hate. Jer, what do you think? I mean, it's probably not good enough for Highlander unless you're in a weird meta where you you're in mono black and you really need to destroy enchantments. Like I think most of the time you're just better off playing white or green and getting access to better cards that do the same thing. Yeah, I can maybe see this in like a very like self-contained honestly in like a quarantine meta game like if you're playing with like the same kind of group <laughs> of people and you're playing mono black and somebody just brings enchantress and you're like oh god you're looking you're like finally my moment has come and they're like dog yeah they just like keep tutoring for elephant grass <laughs> oh, ah. <laughs> like, we've been telling you to splash green for years no I will die on the hill of mono black. I, I think the way that I've described this card to people is like, I wouldn't tell people to play it in their deck, but if somebody played this against me, I wouldn't be like, oh God, we need to have a talk sort of thing, right? It would just be like, yep, well, killed my thing. Yeah, you got you got me. <laughs> it's just like a removal spell, but... Uh. Some decks where the life loss is, is a positive as well. Like, Yeah, yeah. More and more death shadow esque cards all right next up hagra constrictor three mana zero zero for two and a black but it enters the battlefield with two plus one plus one counters on it it's a snake i didn't mention that that's kind of relevant and each creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it has menace wheeler what do you think i can't stress how good menace is like i hope enough people have been taking beats from like labyrinth raptor from Akoria and the various menace cards that have been put out because they seem to be printing a lot of them like there's a lot more creatures that just have menace attached to it which is kind of nice in a world of board-based hell like menace just ends games right like this just comes down it's it's a three drop for the counters deck i'm speaking especially about the counters decks it's a three drop that's easy on your colors, which is nice. Getting to three is not that bad in a deck that decks that usually use their points for Moxin uh, and typically will play Mana Dorks. The fact that it has counters itself, always a benefit. That's kind of like a mandatory thing for these kind of cards. And like you just play this immediately, your board is just, what are they going to do? <laughs> right? Like Menace in a lot of cases could just be unblockable. Yeah, it's it's... So I, I really like this card. I, th I thought of this card as kind of like a Mogus's Marauder for the counters decks, which is a, a card that people that play mono black are very familiar with or people that have died to mono black are very familiar with. <laughs> I'm in the latter camp, but... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Hagra Mauling. Four mana instant for two black black. Destroy target creature, but the spell costs one less to cast if the opponent controls no basic lands. And on the other side, a black source that enters play tapped Hagra Brood Pit. Jer, what do you think? It's a great three mana removal spell that has the upside of also being a land. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> it's great. I, can I just point out how I agree with Jer, but I gotta say... That is the funniest line of text I've seen on a magic card. It's just like, the spell costs one less to cast if an opponent controls no basic lands. And it has like very little to do with lands whatsoever. And then it's like, destroy target creature. You're like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll take I'll it. I'll take it. 
why is this happening? And they give no explanation. <laughs> yeah. Like, not, not Ock. They don't have lands. Therefore, they get punished. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, you know what it, you know what it reminds me of? Of, like, like, going to, like, a mattress store. This is something that has happened and may have happened to other, I mean, the uh, other two gentlemen in this call that have lived in Victoria, B.C. Going to, like, a mattress store, department store, and there's, like, a popcorn stand up front. <laughs> like at the doors that give you just like a bag of popcorn. You're like, I'm here for a bad battle. I'll eat popcorn. Yeah. I like popcorn. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's just kind of like, I don't know why you're doing this. You don't have any like charity signs or donation bins or anything. You give me no explanation, <laughs> but I'm okay yeah. with it. I like it. These two things are not related, but I like both of them. Yeah. All right. Oh, I mean, wow. Sure. All right. That's, I love that. I love that. Next up, let's talk about Inscription of Rune. Three mana sorcery for two and a black. Kicker, two black black, so your options are pay three mana or pay seven mana. Choose one. Target opponent discards two cards. Return target creature card with CMC two or less from the graveyard to the battlefield. Or destroy target creature with CMC three or less. But if it was kicked, choose any number. Jer. I'm of the view that I think all these modes are just like a little too underwhelming for this card to see a lot of play. Like, I could see some decks, like, bigger mana decks maybe trying to jam it in that it's, like, somewhat reasonable early, and but they're mostly planning to just get all the modes most of the time. Most decks can't do that, and I think these modes are just a little too limiting for it to be, like, a, a sort of staple. I would have liked a little bit of wiggle room, you know? Just, like, one... I mean, it's classic Magic player just asking for more. But it doesn't have to be that much more, you know? I think even if you bumped the return target creature from two to three, it would it would make the card quite a bit better. Like then I think we're we're talking, but yeah, I'd be a big fan. Big fan. But uh too expensive. Little yeah. narrow. Mo- mostly pass on this one. All right. Next up, Lithoform Blight. Litho or Litho? Litho. Lithoform Blight. First try. Two mana aura for one and a black. Enchant land. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card. Enchanted land loses all land types and abilities and has tap one to add a colorless or tap and pay a life, add one mana of any color. This is very exciting. This is very exciting. Black has spreading seas, but kind of different. <laughs> no. Am I wrong? You're, yeah. I mean, no, go go ahead and, I mean, you can. So spreading seas, hold on. Spreading seas, one in a blue, enchanted land, when it enters the battlefield, draw a card. Enchanted land is an island. So I look at this as sort of two two ways. One, I mean, Spreading Seas was an interesting card that saw play as a way to shut off value lands that your opponent controlled. Also, to enable island walk on your board to sort of swing in in case you're playing not against a blue deck. Do you agree on my assessment of Spreading Seas? Well, I think you're missing missing a common case as well where you just try to like get your opponent off a of color. Well, I was going to get there. Yeah, like Spreading Seas as as a hate card or as something you can play in your own deck if you're in something like Enchantress, but that's a another niche thing. So Lithoform Blight loses the ability that Spreading Seas had as a way to cut a color, right? Because it, it took away a land, it gave them a blue, which might not be useful. This doesn't quite have that, but it does shut down Academy. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. It's also just an aura that says draw a card, which, like, as an Enchantress player, excites me. Slam dunk an Enchantress. I'm with you there. 
not being able to fully like I I'm pretty happy if I put this on their cradle or on their academy, but like I could see it maybe if you have a bunch of academy decks and once again you're playing playing a mono black deck or maybe even black green and you don't want to get into like sinkhole and ice storm and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just play sinkhole or ice storm forehead. But like black black decks typically don't care about cradle. They'll just like kill all the creatures. That's seems much easier. I feel like this just falls into the camp of if somebody plays it against me, I'm not gonna be like Oh my god, this is well, I mean, obviously don't do this for the sake of don't be a jerk, but I'm not gonna internally be like screaming about how somebody cast a lithoform blight against me. But at the same time, I don't know and if I could recommend anybody play this in good faith. Yeah. Outside of a deck that just sees enchantment, let two mana or less, draw a card, sign me up. Sold. Yeah. If maybe it only tapped for colorless, like that pay a life. Are, are they hoping that people would use this in limited to. Yeah, gi giving them like a better mana confluence. <laughs> also, I'm just looking at this thinking about somebody hitting my like academy when I'm on Paradox or something and thinking like, oh, sick, now I can cast my Wheel of Fortune. Like, yeah. That's kind of funny. <laughs> just like. Or you do it to somebody and, and like, then they just like cast Reality Smasher off the colorless source you just gave them. <laughs> Is the goal to fix your own mana base? No. No. I mean you could do that theoretically for enchantress, but I mean it's it's a it's a mode of the card, but like limited players are here pulling their hair out being like it's just a graph draft uncommon to fix your mana base and we're the <laughs> This card reads like a plant. Like it was put in here to cause like to distract people. Like there's going to be like a lithoform blight conspiracy theory about how this card is just here so that we talk about it for 20 hours. And it's just like, eh, I guess we, but we won't play it. I yeah. don't understand. <laughs> Who are you for? It's, it's like that here? blue rare we talked about. That's also a two mana enchantment that sort of messes with lands that draws a card. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, well that, I mean, that card is just phenomenal and commander groups where you're looking to you know find an easy out to ghost your social circle that was confounding conundrum right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. once again that, that one i can understand a bit more but this one is just like <laughs> i can't hate it but i don't like i feel upset talking about it for so much i i like oh, a lot I... of the words that are on it but the when they all come together i hate it yeah <laughs> All right, let's move on here. Uh, one mana instant for a black called Malakir Rebirth. Choose target creature. You lose two life until end of turn. That creature gains. When this creature dies, return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. And on the other side, a land, Malakir Mire. It's a black source that enters play tapped. Jero, your thoughts? People are going to sleep on this card until I play it against them and goozle their removal spells many, many times. And then people are going to start getting me with the card, and I'm going to be frustrated that I started playing it in the first place. <laughs> what deck do you want a single black combat trick? Lots. Especially ones that combat trick that can be played as a land. Like, I could see playing this in, like, a Grixis Tempo deck. I could see playing this in Black Green Rock. I could see playing this in the myriad of black X midrange decks I play. I could see playing it in aggro. Yeah, you, you can right. play this in like right. basically everything short of control and combat. I well, I mean, targeting a snapcaster mage, if you're if you're in like a blue black 
control deck or like a low curve-ish control deck you know not quite tempo not quite like basically if you're if you had a blue black tempo deck and then you just got a whole bunch of cards from 2020 and 2019 dropped on you so naturally you've had to like make your curve a bit thicker i could see the playing this card honestly like you just like throw a snapcaster mage under the bus cast this and get to flashback something nice or seagate stormcaller with this and yeah i don't know it's like it's a one mana spell that is always kind of like decks it's a relevant card it's a relevant effect some decks will love it but at the end of the day it's so cheap and also just like a land if you need it that i could i could see it popping up in places that you're like what are you doing here and then you die you're like oh all right well that's what you're doing here you're here to kill me love it Mm -hmm. (laughs) all right let's move on to a very exciting new card here night hawk scavenger our, our friend the vampire has grown up a bit here. Three mana gets you a one plus X three vampire rogue for one, a black and a black. Has flying, death touch, lifelink. Seems familiar. And then its power is equal to one plus the number of card types amongst cards in your opponent's graveyard. What do you think of Nighthawk Goif rogue? I we have to workshop this. <laughs> what? I'm sure there's a clever name out there for this card. Usually I'm pretty suspect anytime cards have their like power and toughness fluctuated by a resource that your opponent can and in this format regularly has control over. But the whole, <laughs> the nice little one plus star. Why? It's just so funny to see it. <laughs> I understand why, but yeah, why? I think this card's pretty good. I think this card's really good. <laughs> it doesn't have the goif thing, though, of counting your own library, which makes it slightly less good. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying, is that, like, that is a downside because it's tracked based on the resources opponent's control. But because of that one plus, it will always exist as a real pain in the ass. And it's regularly going to be a 5-3 flying death touch lifelinker. Which, I don't know how often you've played against those, but they're real hard to beat. <laughs> if your plan is to, like, reduce your opponent's life. Yeah, you didn't really need a reason to like Lightning Bolt more, but it certainly <laughs> is helpful for getting rid of this kind of card. Like, this card's it's, uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> it's got a lot of words on it. They're all good. Can we think of, like, a mid-range black deck that this isn't just an auto-include in? No. Well, maybe if you're, like, a white, black, like a... I was going to say the starting one power isn't a downside. Like you're not like, I need this to reliably be a three, three at all times. I think the worst part of this card is the black, black pips. And when I say worst, I just mean if you are like a, like a thicker death and taxes variant that just like has a minimal black splash. Like you're not wrong. That is the worst part of the card, (laughs) but it's not that bad. The worst part is that, or like, I guess the worst part might be that like somebody could play a, an Olivia Voldaren and immediately steal this because it's a vampire. <laughs> like, yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Uh, let's talk about Null Priest of Oblivion. Two mana, two one vampire cleric for one and a black. Kicker, three and a black. Has menace and lifelink. Wow. Just all the keywords here. And when it enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, Wheeler. 
All right, I lied. Well, no, maybe I didn't lie. I think I may have called Seagate Stormcaller one of my favorites. This might actually be my favorite, if not the second favorite. So Seagate Stormcaller was the best. Yeah, it's the best for sure. This card is very good, extremely good. And it just, oh my God. Like, so black, anytime black gets lifelink, cheap lifelink, that's great right from both aggressive and defensive perspectives menace on a two drop like two mana two power menace with an added ability also very good just love to have it it's even got a relevant creature type i guess if you want to jam vamps which i think has actually enough stuff that that deck is totally fine but then it's got this kicker (laughs) which is four mana just like oh by the way uh zombify (laughs) like if you cast this you get to zombify and i just can't stop thinking about this card with luris Cast it. Oh god. Oh. Oh no. Oh god. Oh why? Oh yeah. And um I like it. Like in dredge, this is so good. Like this is like oh my god. Yeah. This card is so cool. I'm just thinking of poor child of light right now being like, I'm a two mana two one lifelink vampire. And everyone's like, that's it. Child I mean, <laughs> to its credit, Child of Night has one a Magic the Gathering Highlander tournament at Yelljacket Comics. It was in a winning deck. This is the first time I'll acknowledge it, only just to say, please get rid of that card and replace it with this absolute powerhouse. (laughs) Next up, Palaka Predation. Three mana sorcery for two and a black. Target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a card from it with CMC three or greater, they discard it. And then... There's another side, Palaka Caverns, Black Source that enters play tapped. Jer, three mana hand attack. What do you think? I think this card's a little too narrow to see a bunch of play. I think if you do play it, it's not unreasonable. Like if you have a bunch of combo in your meta and you want to jam another other hand attack spell, it's pretty reasonable. But I don't think most decks are going to play this. All right. Scourge of the Skyclaves. Two mana XX Demon for one and a black has a kicker for four and a black. When you cast the spell, if it was kicked, each player loses half their life rounded up. The Scourge's power and toughness are equal to 20 minus the highest life total amongst players. Wheeler. Oh, I mean, I'm not going to go full Magic Christmas land with this card because I think that's irresponsible. But I do think that this card is pretty reasonable. Dare I say, in the correct deck, quite good. There are decks that can deal damage to themselves pretty frequently between thought seizes, fetch lands, your opponent dealing damage. And so playing stuff like this is a thing that you can do because you're probably dealing damage to your opponent and you're also taking damage. If you get up to seven mana, I guess you can also use this as like a burn spell. No flying is a bit of a bummer. No trample is a bit of a bummer, but it's okay. I, I think we'll forgive it. Yeah, they printed Berserk for a reason. Yeah, and I'm not one to shy away from like a Berserk or a Temer Battle Rage or whatever. This card with Temer Battle Rage is really interesting. Yes. Because it can potentially get bigger mid, mid-combat mid by hitting your opponent. Interesting. Yeah. Where are you playing this card? Like, does it go in, for example, Alex's Black Mold deck, like a Loaded Ground Aggressive deck? Or do you need a special self-damage deck to fuel this like Death Shadow? I don't think you need that. I think that's a common misconception is that you need to make a massive amount of changes to your deck to like deal a bunch of damage. I think that it's more this card. And I guess death shadow too, is just like you pick, like you don't, 
you could build around them, but I think often they're best if you like take a deck that's already bound to do something like this and then throw it in. Like I would prefer to play this in mono black or black red, where you have, you know, sulfuric vortex, flame rift, you have more fetches, you have shocks. Probably like you could even play this in like a three color black aggro deck again, because you have more shocks, fetches, the the new flip lands. So you'll be doing damage to yourself as well as, you know, damage to your opponent and ideally they're dealing damage. Black green, I mean you could probably play it in that, but again, like black green typically has access to Tarmogoyf and other cards that gain life, which can be a little like they have defensive tools built into the size of their creatures. So yeah. But I don't I mean, maybe this card's just fine in every aggressive black deck like that, as long as you can deal damage to yourself in some way, which you probably can, so Skyclave Shade, 2 mana, 3-1 for 1 and a black shade, has Kicker for 2 and a black, can't block. If it was kicked, enters play with 2 plus 1 plus 1 counters on it, and Landfall. This is the, the heart of the card right here is this Landfall ability. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, if the shade is in your graveyard and it's your turn, you may cast it from your graveyard this turn. Wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> oh surge 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 this card's really good yeah it doesn't die keeps coming back later on it's a mana sink thing very good <laughs> i really like this card does it go in dredge well i'm glad you <laughs> asked jer yes yes yeah play this card and for all you listeners out there, yes. Does it go in Dredge is the new Does It Go in Aristocrats? Uh, Arista who? No. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. So I just want to get ahead on two common questions and interactions about this card. One, if you play a land before it dies, the shade does not come back. The shade has to be in your graveyard in order for the timing to work. The, the, the way you want to do it is you want Shade to die, then play land and bring it back. It's not like a landfall ability that lasts the whole turn. So you can't play a land, attack with it, have it die, and then be like, well, I've played my land this turn, so landfall is still active. So that doesn't yeah. work. What was the second thing I was going to say? Shouldn't have said two. Now I sound like a fool. Oh, I got one for you. Go ahead. Technically, there are, there will be some cards that may reference creatures coming from the grave directly from the graveyard to play where you are technically casting this prized amalgam well prized amalgam gets around that by referencing that you both can cast something from the graveyard or bring something back but there are occasionally you'll see cards pop up like flare the hate bound i think is a good oh yeah well, you're right. uh, not a good example but a example so just keep your eyes peeled for very specific wording involving that Thank you. You also reminded me of my second thing. The word cast brought the memory back. This landfall ability doesn't let you cast it at a different time. So Bloodgast in yours parallel, you can fetch on, you can like crack a fetch land on your opponent's turn and have it come back. That doesn't work with the shade. It gives you the ability to cast it, but doesn't change the casting restriction. So um, cracking a fetch land on your opponent's end step doesn't let you cast it from your graveyard at that time. There we go. Those are the those are the two rules interactions that I figured people are most likely going to want to know about. All right. Let's talk about Tabalrax, Hope's Demise. Three mana, two, two, legendary demon cleric for two and a black, has flying. 
has lifelink as long as it has five or more plus one plus one counters on it. And whenever a non-token creature you control dies, put a plus one plus one counter on Tabarax. If that creature was a cleric, you may draw a card. If you do, lose a life. Jer. I'm not quite sure how I feel about this card. It's a reasonably costed flyer that's going to get a bit bigger. Pretty reasonable in an aggro deck, but it's probably just going to die basically immediately. Overall, I think it's not going to make the cut in too many decks. I could foresee... There are two situations where I could foresee playing this card. One is in Black Mold, like the Golgari aggro deck. Mostly in the version where there's some reliance on counters, but like I wouldn't play this in a counter-specific deck. But even then, like it dies to Shock, which is kind of disappointing. And then two... If I play this in a deck with Juzam Jim, like I'm either sure literal demon stompy. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm playing demon stompy, AKA ride the demon, like, which is more of a meme than anything, but like, I don't know, like ancient stompy into this thing is fine, but you can do much better. So yeah, I think it's very narrowly limited, but again, we'll probably die to this. And our final black card we're going to talk about today is Thwart the Grave. Six mana sorcery for four black black. Costs one less for each member of your party. And says, return target creature card and up to one target cleric, rogue, warrior, or wizard from your graveyard to the battlefield. Kind of spicy. I I definitely read this wrong at first and thought it was just like... I was so I thought it only returned a cleric, rogue, warrior, wizard. Now, oh. like, why? Why is this a magic card? <laughs> I'm so confused. I only just read the target creature and, so, I I still don't think it's good. But no. <laughs> <laughs> well, now hold on. Now hold on. I'm not. Uh, I I also don't want to sing too many praises. Other than it uh, might just be the best art in the set. Yeah, Wiley Becker just absolutely knocking it out of the park constantly. It's interesting when you're playing a reanimator deck where you start thinking of how many reanimation effects do I want? How much am I willing to pay for reanimation effects? And what what's the worst reanim- like what's the density you need and what's the worst one you want to play and where does thwart the grave end up on that list, right? Yeah. And and in a reanimation deck how many of the targets you typically want to reanimate end up also incidentally being a cleric, rogue, warrior, and or wizard? I mean, it's not as few as you'd think, but you do have to kind of... Like some of them you might be like, hey, do you know why I included this? It's because it's a wizard, right? But like Agent of Treachery is a rogue. That's a pretty reasonable one. I do think... Like, if this card came out, like, four years ago, maybe, it would see a home in Reanimator in the sense that back when Reanimator decks played, like, actual factual Merfolk Looter, which is a rogue, or, like, Thought Courier, which is a wizard, you know, that kind of stuff. You're like, hey, I get my Snapcaster back. That's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, but, like, for now, turns out there's just better things to do. Easier way to put cards in the graveyard. All right, let's move on to red. And we're going to start off with the, oh no, Akum? How do I pronounce this word? Akuma Matata, dude. It means the Akuma no Matata. Yeah. Oh, oh, of course. Wait, what What was the boar's name? Uh, Ilharg? No, not the Pumbaa. raised boar. 
Pumbaa. So we got Pumbaa here. We got the best what? boy. No, what? This is a dog. This isn't Pumbaa. This is oh, oh, it's not a pig. It's it's the best dog. It's hot dog. It's like one of the hot laughing dopey hyenas. Hey, don't call my don't call my lovely little lad here dopey. So Akuma Matata the Hellhound is a single red zero one elemental dog. Landfall, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, gets plus two plus two until end of turn. Wheeler. I I don't know. I I have this idea that this card is actually just there's a deck for this card. There's been a lot of murmurs from players that know what they're doing and that will typically poop out really like weird ideas for decks that can just actually just kill people where you play like stepling sakum hellhound like all these cheap landfall creatures knight of the reliquary and you're like a landfall aggro almost i've wanted to build scapeshift aggro deck for a while yeah it feels like it has that slot of basically like every like established like can lander player like the like if you pulled the people that have like the top if you pulled the 10 people that have the most wins in this format lifetime or something like seven out of ten of them would be like i just really want to play landfall aggro like for no they just really want to play play the geopede or something oh baby so i think there's a spot for that being red's a lot better than being like a white one drop but like I don't, I, I don't know. I I don't want to play this in an aggro deck. I think there are just better things to do for a one drop, like just pure aggro. Maybe Gruul could play it, but nope. I don't know. I'd say I reserve it so. for just like that landfall deck. Yeah, we've learned our lesson with step links. All right. Next up, Ardent Electromancer, three mana, three two human wizard for two and a red. When it enters the battlefield, add a red pip for each creature in your party. Is there a combo application for this? Like that's is there some way to loop this and bounce this over and over and over? Is this an engine card or is this a trap? I mean, Priest of Gix and Priest of Urbrask are both uh, clerics. Does that yeah, does that, that help? That's a those are those are facts. <laughs> like I mean, I think the answer to Serge's question is there's a I mean, technically, yes, there's a combo. Should you do it over like any other kind of like creature based combo like a lurin or like food chain combo no probably not like is it a realistic thing to do in this format probably no but it's there and we've acknowledged it <laughs> like it is a reasonable body that sometimes lets you cat like it does sometimes do like a burning tree emissary impression at three mana but yeah like I'm not again it just falls that that kind of deck falls into the camp of like look I will lose to this I've died to this kind of thing before like I've lost to somebody storming out with grinning ignis in Canlander <laughs> but that's oh, also baby. just what Canlander kind of is so like if somebody asks like hey Ben this combos like there's a combo with this card is this a thing it's like the answer is yes <laughs> but like people with pillapala okay I'm no judgment yeah exactly like you can't it can do a thing people have done it before but you just have to as long as you have realistic expectations then like sure go for it you got it let's talk about cleansing wildfire and wildfire this card is not two mana sorcery for one and a red destroy target land i wish that's all it said 
Its controller may search its, their library for a basic land, put it onto the battlefield taps, shuffle their library, and draw a card. Go ahead, Jer. I think this card is really, really good and is not going to see enough play in our format. This is like yeah. a, a free, like free real estate. Please stop complaining about all the lands you're losing to while you're not playing this card in your red decks. Do you want Burn to play it? No, but no. like mid-range decks, control decks. Spell decks. Maybe even combo decks. Yeah, spells decks, obviously. Yeah, yeah it's a it, draw card and it does a thing. Like it, It's worth noting that you can target your own lands if you really want to. True. There was like a, a modern deck that I saw that uses, it was like a Jeskai control deck that uses this card and flagstones of Trocare. Yeah, for landfall. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, you blow up your flagstones, you get two lands. It ramps yeah. you and draws yeah. a card. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like I used to, I used to boom bust people with flagstone, right? That's, that's the baby, right? Right. You're like, Oh, like this card doesn't get, need to get fancy and it's just, it cantrips and it's easy to cast. It's easy to cast. Yeah, it's, this card's this card's really good, and not enough people are gonna play it. They're gonna be like, "Oh, it's not actually an LD spell." If you're if you're looking for like a hard lock on a deck to play this, it's not necessarily the best example, but I know that I would love to throw this into the Mardu Monarchy deck, like just kind of like, no, I don't want you to have that Academy or that Volrath Stronghold. I'm good, thanks. Like, to how good I think this is, I would still slam it in Blue Moon, even though it gives them a basic land. Huh. All right, next up, Fireblade Charger. Uh, one mana, one one Goblin Warrior. If it's equipped, it has haste, and when it dies, deal damage equal to its power to any target. Wheeler. A uh, very good Goblin. Goblin Arsonist has not been a Goblin that I've enjoyed playing in Goblins for quite some time now. But this is much better than that because typically Goblin's decks plays Lords. So it's likely that this won't just be a 1-1. One, one. It could be a 2-2. Two, two. Heck, it could be a 3-X. Uh, and Goblin's decks also play Sack Outlets. So you can sacrifice it once it gets larger and after it's done some damage to dome them out. Slutter, because you can pump it up yep. with all your other Goblins, then sack yep. it to Slutter to deal a million yep. damage. So. Jared, I was really hoping to get some match wins off that. Why'd you before that became really public knowledge? It's okay. I didn't tell them the other goblin that can do the same thing as Slutter, so you'll still get him with that one. <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Goblin Slutter? Oh, no. It's just Mog Raider. Oh, okay. Good. Perfect. We're safe. <laughs> How relevant is the first line of text of when it's equipped, it has haste? Not very. Not really for goblins. It is a warrior, though, and it is like... Like, if somebody play again, like, it's a cheap warrior that you could play in Warrior Tribal or Red White Equipment. I mean, that's more your lane than... It's got relevant text for that. I actually think it it's solid in the equipment deck. Because, like, yeah, me you too. slap a grafted warrior on this thing, yeah. rumble in. Nobody wants to block a 4-3. Move the warrior yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah, Kurtz yeah. is pretty good. I like it. All right, let's move on to King Gizzard and the Fissure Wizard over here. Two mana, two one, Goblin Wizard for one and a red. When it enters the battlefield, you may discard a card. If you do, draw a card. Wheeler. Mostly had it on here because of its name. Not going to lie. There's another two mana Goblin in this set that's probably better if you're playing actual Goblins. But this card's mostly here to represent just like how bad most two drops in Goblins are. And like this card is actually just reasonable, right? Like even in go actual factual Goblins, it might be fine. You could... 
almost play this in, in reanimator as well yeah it's a body i i thought about playing it in dredge the two too. powers pretty pretty reasonable yeah. it's easy to cast like it just trade trades better than most of the other chungusy two mana things like most of the other two mana things are one ones like this is better than insolent neonate for that i guess i mean it doesn't put itself in the graveyard but we're not doing any bridge from below shenanigans all right next up kargan intimidator two mana three one human warrior for one and a red Cowards can't block warriors. For a generic mana, choose one that hasn't been chosen this turn. You can pump it for plus one, plus one until end of turn. Target creature becomes a coward until end of turn. Or, and or, target warrior gains trample until end of turn. Wheeler. I think this card's pretty all right. This was admittedly my plug for the like, yes, you can play warrior tribal in our format. But also just like, I don't know. I can't stress enough how much I like it when my opponents are unable to block. <laughs> like that's that's probably one of my favorite things to do with red decks is just like steamed clams or clamor shaman. I also like attacking for four with my two drops. Yeah, that's also very good. A trample, great. Like again, the fact that the it's cowards can't block warriors. Red decks also play other warriors. There's a whole bunch of them. The fact that you can give other warriors trample as well. Yeah, all around uh, really solid card. Next up, we have Kazul's Fury. Three mana instant for two and a red. As an additional cost, sacrifice a creature. Deal damage equal to the sacked creature's power to any target. And on the other side, we have a red source that enters play tapped called Kazul's Cliffs. JR, what do you think? Ben probably didn't know this when he, he assigned me the card, but I, I love flings more than most people. Not for any particular reason. So I'm going to try to find a way to play this, but I don't think it's that good. Honestly, that's why I included it, is because I just, I, I included this because I figured at some point in time you would play the red green like lands deck oh, and yeah. you're going to fling like a primeval titan. No, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to fling merit laser people for, yeah, to yeah. stop, you know. Oh, baby. Would you pay three for fling? Well, yeah, it's also a land. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. That's all that's right. a huge part for these cards, right? Is like can't stress it enough is just like like you're not actually putting fling in your deck. Yeah. You're just playing a dual land, except for the colors are red, uh the mana you need, and red, their blood after you've <laughs> murdered them with your Kazool's Fury. All right, well done. Okay, next up we have Leylined Tyrant, four mana four four dragon for two red red has flying as dragons off to do now weird ability here you don't lose unspent red mana as steps and phases end when it dies you may pay any amount of red when you do it deals that much damage to any target jer <sighs> what oh. on earth were they think like this card's obscene it only costs four it has Ancient two mana TM. It it omnaths for some reason. Yeah, why not? And and you're like, oh, yeah, all right. At least we can kill it. No, you can't, because then you just die anyways. So like, yeah, they they play this, you lose the the magic card. I mean, it's not quite that bad, but I, I think this card is insanely good. I'm pretty high on this card. I have definitely looked at this card while updating medium red decks and said, I 
don't think I need this, but because it doesn't have haste. Well, no, I just I, I mean that like it, like the tokens version, like the medium red list that I've really been fond of goes more all in on having tokens, like cre- creatures that create additional creatures and really taking advantage of that and more of a going wide kind of aspect than and plays less dragons but every other build like just i don't know like outside of that it's just like mardi gras where you just have this dragon going down the street and i'm just like showering it with red mana and being like oh yeah dragon (laughs) you do you yeah this goes into like all the monsters builds ever four mana four four flying totally fine like the card that's just like a reasonable card that kills people you know then it has two other lines of text that also say "Ah, you're dead all right let's talk about magmatic channeler two mana one three human wizard for one in a red as long as there are four or more instant and or sorcery cards in your graveyard it becomes a four four tap discard a card exile the top two cards from your library then choose one of them you may play that card this turn, Jer. This card is also really, really, really good. I like two mana four fours. I don't know what about you, but I'm. I uh, they're okay. Yeah, thanks for asking. A, uh, it fuels its own. It's a, it it lets you like get through your deck faster, which is something like get getting velocity is something a lot of these decks really require. Lets you. Like its ability potentially lets you get two spells into your graveyard to fuel its ability because you can discard a spell and then cast a spell, which will then go into your graveyard. Yeah, it was, this card's great. You can play lands. Yeah, yep. that too. Like what? Yep. That's so cool. You can't. You basically can't whiff. The fact that the tap ability doesn't have a cost other than tapping, like it doesn't. It's not one and tap, right? It probably should have a cost. Yeah. Like. Like if it was red and tap, I'd I'm pretty sure I'd still be saying this card is really good. <laughs> I do I do want to say though that this card can absolutely whiff, but only I mean in a in a deck I've tried this out in Dredge Jun Dredge, and in that deck it's very good. Like to to push how good this card can be, even in that deck it's because it will be a two mana four four that can let you hit additional cards and obviously pitch things that you want in your graveyard. Sometimes you whiff when you hit like <laughs> Golgari Grave Troll plus like, I don't know, what the hell did I hit? Ashen Ghoul, I think. Yeah, things that you never want to actually cast. You're like, oh no, now they're in exile, I'm ruined. But like, that's a situation that doesn't happen often in a deck where it's probably not at its best and yeah. it was still just great. Love it. All right, let's talk about Morog Fury of Akum. Six mana, six, six legendary Minotaur Warrior for four red, red. Each creature you control gets plus one, plus O for each time it has attacked this turn and landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, if it's your main phase, there's an additional combat phase after this phase. At the beginning of your combat, untap all creatures you control. Wheeler, what do you think? Well... (laughs) I'm going to play this card. That's for sure. I don't think I should play this card. Well, maybe sometimes. Like I it's got like it's so cool. Look at its horns. Look at the fact that it kills it's people. It's cool, but 
Is it good? It's also not that hard to go infinite. With yeah. It. Like you can, like, I would just include this to be like, hey, check out that art. Isn't this card cool? <laughs> Anyways, how you doing? Uh, give them the horns. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, like I'm saying this because I can foresee myself killing or dying with this card involved in the sense that, yeah, it's not difficult to go infinite with this card. And there are pre-existing shells that can look at this and go, yeah, I can cast that. Like, yeah, I can manage that. Six mana? Oh, yeah, that's fine. Like, it does get caracas But thankfully, a lot of the decks that could play this card manage it, play Blood Moon, or Waste, or Strip, or Ways to Deal, or the new spell, Cleansing Fire. Oh. oh. You could even Cleansing Fire yourself to get more landfall triggers. Yeah. So, I don't know, this card... Don't I, I I don't want people that say are fans of big red or maybe the red green like turbo ramp kind of decks or if they're built decks built around trying to kill with this or something similar to this. I don't want them to look at it and go like, oh, it's too it's this is just a commander card because like I think it's worth a bit more of a look, a bit more of a look see than uh, just that. It is worth mentioning there is a tricky timing with this particular one. Yes. So you have to, if you want to get the additional attack, you actually have to play the land post-combat in the main phase because it, it just says it adds one to there. It doesn't It doesn't remember, you know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. stack it. it. Yeah, people are going to feel really inclined to, I mean, it's, you try to weed out playing your land or, you know, playing stuff before combat. Lands are at least a little more acceptable. But there are definitely people that default to just like playing their lands and everything post combat. Yeah. And it also gets tricky on that one because of the untap. This doesn't have vigilance. So if you're not if you're not sort of a heads up on your lands specifically on how do you untap your creatures, it's it's a little clunky. There's there's a hoop you have to get through to go to go through that loop, right? Yeah. One one benefit for this card too is that it doesn't need to attack. Like you sometimes you'll see cards like this where you need this to attack. Yeah. Or yeah like yeah. when this attacks, attack creatures that attack get this. But you can just it, like if there's like a death touch creature or whatever, like and you don't want to throw this under the bus, like you could just leave him back. Let everybody else do his dirty work. All right, Nahiro's litho. Wow, Nahiri's lithoforming. X red red sorcery. Sack X lands for each land. Sack this way. Draw a card. You may play X additional lands this turn. Lands you control enter the battlefield tapped. Jer. So I think there's two potential places you could play this. It, you could use it as like scape shift number two in the previously mentioned uh, landfall aggro deck. So you could use it to like try and get a ton of landfall triggers in one turn and kill your opponent that way. But I also want to say that I've been trying to build, uh, what's that one mana artifact that... Amulet? Yeah, that one. Amulet Thank of Vigor? Thank you. Oh! I've been trying to brew with that card for a long time. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And this, <laughs> this card is very good with Amulet of Vigor. That's all I'm going to say. Look, I... If I could three one with an amulet of vigor deck in 2016, I'm pretty. You could probably four zero with this in 2020, especially with good cards now, instead of like four mana one ones that don't do anything. I wanted to try this in in like a a Jeskai like academy like eggs 
kind of deck, like a face reward sort of deck. Because Amulet of Vigor is a one mana artifact, so you can find it with Trinket Mage and all that stuff. Puts lands into your graveyard, obviously, to return with face reward and second sunrise. Draws you a bunch of cards. That's pretty cool and good. And playing additional lands is also, I mean, kind of welcome, right? Especially if you can do some Zurin Orb shenanigans. Well, yeah, and especially since you're going to be drawing a million cards that turn, it just turns land draws into sort of live, right? Yeah, this card, this is like a card begging to be broken. Yeah. But I think you need to, in order to do that, you might have to play some weirdo or subpar cards to get there. But it, yeah, can, it could be done. I can't see breaking it without Amulet. Just because it no, makes... No, no. You could do some really interesting stuff with Crucible of the Worlds on this, right? If you're looking for landfall. If you're... But all your lands for the rest of the turn enter the battlefield tapped, right? Yeah, you're not creating like a weird loop out of it. If you're just talking about value, if you're talking about something, like you're saying, a little bit of extra damage off of Valakit. Now, I realize uh, Scapeshift brings a lands in simultaneously. Lithoforming does not. So yeah. you're not going to get that like wombo combo like you do from a Scapeshift into Valakit. But if you already have it in play and you're just looking for the ability to sort of like a crucible zern orb land from the graveyard loop of just play a land over and over and over you could you could get some very interesting lines out of this yeah like i don't see it as a finisher so much as a synergy card is where my brain goes yeah i think i i i think that your ideas are cooler your ideas are cooler and but i'm just i'm just saying there there are some other lines you could do some other like this goes into a very interesting kit of tools that exists in the land package right yeah i think what jared and i are saying is that there are there's a home for this kind of card that already exists that can do things that are certainly more degenerate than oh yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, attacking with thalia and that kind of stuff (laughs) but like i think what jared and i are doing are trying to be like Okay, we know we can do that. How do we really? I, well, well try let's, this? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just like to acknowledge that before you know, before other people are like. But what about this with Crucible? And I like that yours is like yes and, as opposed to being like no, that's not good. But just yeah, to like, just yeah, to yeah, put yeah, that Crucible, we've had enough of that. But what about Amulet of Vigor? Yeah, just <laughs> like, to put that on the table. Crucible's yeah. old news. We got it off the points list like ten years ago. Like, I still love my Crucible. Yeah, we're not getting, we're not slagging you for this, sir. It's just a weird scenario where you are the most modest one for this effect yeah. all right let's let's move on here relic robber three mana two two goblin rogue for two and a red has haste whatever deals combat damage to a player that player creates a zero one colorless goblin construct artifact creature token with this creature can't block and at the beginning of your upkeep take one damage wheeler well i looked at this and my first thought was like oh thanks friend <laughs> like I don't know. This this effect is very good against certain strategies. And it, it is a goblin. It's easy to cast. It's got ancient tomb mana. It's got haste. It's got a lot of good going for it, but I don't like I just think in in both goblins or medium red, which is what comes to mind, I think there are just better things to play at three already. Like as like your three drop slot is already jam-packed. And there are a lot of decks that are just like, oh. Okay, I guess my academy adds more mana, or I guess I can sacrifice something to make my carrion feeder bigger, or like my guy is crazy. I like it. Like... It's like this is a bad sliff, or it's like a fine sliff, unless you're playing against exactly 
academy or aristocrats, in which case this is a tremendous liability. Yeah, like I feel like someone's going to play this in their first game. They'll hit them, they'll give them a token, and then their opponent will be like, okay, untap. Oko, make my this token you gave me a 3-3 now. <laughs> <laughs> or just like, there. I yeah, I just think there are too many scenarios. Put like a Sophie on it or something. Clamp <laughs> it. Like they clamp it, right? Oh, like, wow. Clamp oh. it. So the, I mean, the upside to this card as to why it doesn't get a plus one, plus one counter is there is a board state in which you attack with this and then they play a moat or something. At least that token continues to do damage, right? Like there is a world in which there's an upside, but I think that the liability is a little spooky. Yeah, there's just two. Why, for a deck that's already maxed out on really brutal three drops, why would I, why would I play this? I guess is what I'm saying. Like just for a niche-ish scenario. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't think it makes the cut. All right, Royaling. Roiling Vortex. Two mana enchantment for one and a red. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, take one damage. Whenever a player casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast it, take five damage. Single red. Your opponents can't gain life this turn. Wheeler. I I got... So when I... Okay. Okay. I was streaming when this card got previewed. I hadn't seen it at all, and I admittedly hammed up my reaction a little bit, but I had genuine like frustration when I saw this card. More or less than Collector Oof. Oof was more despair. This was more <laughs> just like, why? Like, I, I, I believe I just screamed why. Like, I did the inside out. I did the inside part outside, the, the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet, where I was just like, why? Why? Because I think that, first off, I think this card's actually quite good. Uh, me too. Um, It's it, like, just pinging away is great. Like, honestly, Curse of the Pierced Heart, this is kind of akin to, you know, how the land spell cards are just like, yeah, you kind of want that effect in some decks, but do I want to really dedicate a card slot to it? right where curse of the pierced heart which is a two mana curse enchantment that it just like pings the opponent pings the enchanted player every upkeep kind of it's just like you know what maybe this recursive damage isn't so bad right they can't really interact with it maybe it's fine but you wouldn't play that card in like a burn deck or a red deck whereas this one you get that effect but you also just get to absolutely muck my eggs decks <laughs> like you get to storm just like casting spells like i don't know even blue decks that just get to cast things for free yeah my mind's lost on what the cards are like goblin dark dwellers style effects you know and then like can't gain life this turn and it's not symmetrical it's not players can't it's only your opponents can't just in case there's some weird i mean it it would have been just as good if it was players can't oh yeah this turn. but there's like a weird niche play around window there right but i just like that's my that's your modus of, oh god that's just like what some of these decks can do to like air quote beat the red decks it's just like you know oh god well that was a pretty good start from the red deck i'm gonna go up to like 80 from aetherflux reservoir <laughs> or like so many hands you just look at it and you're like well this is a really good hand against red hope they don't have vortex and it's like well yeah. now there's two vortexes so it's just like the, the blue decks recently got second force, which is like probably not as good, but you know, yeah. still pretty good. God, 
just like moxen like, like you just keep a mox draw or something and they're they're like land mox roiling vortex pass all right oh. let's 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 move on next up we have shatter skull charger three meta four three giant warrior for one red red kicker two has trample and haste if it was kicked it enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it and at the beginning of your end step, if it doesn't have a plus one plus one counter on it, return it to your hand. Wheeler. The way I've been looking at this is like it's an evoke card or like instead of kicker, like I look at this card like it actually just cost five. Like if you want the full body, like you look at this as like a five cost five power trample haste creature. That's groovy. But then if you only pay three, you get to either kill their planeswalker or if they're within a certain range it like second writes them so like because like not because it re it returning isn't that spectacular like we've seen we have viachinos in the format admittedly not a lot of them have trample trample is a pretty big thing but yeah like i think this card's good i don't know if i'm playing it in many like i'd have to test it out in red decks usually my my preferred red builds don't have a lot of threes uh or fours but yeah this is interesting like i i can't stop looking at this card as like oh it's three mana kill a planeswalker or if they if i need to do four extra damage to them i can do four extra damage to them and then otherwise it's just like the actual card is just five it's just a dragon it's a charging monstrous or it also looks like it's skating yes yeah oh absolutely i never saw that it wow looks like a hockey player that horse, I love the horse there just for scale. Just to be like, no, nah, it's a giant. Yeah. Is this just a is this just a nod at Canlander? You got a horse, you got a good Canadian kid out there on the ice, you know, trying his best. He'll come back, you know, he gets on the bench, but he's out there and he's doing Yeah, I thanks. Don't know thanks, Wizards. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shatter Skull Smashing. X red red sorcery. Deal X damage divided as you choose among up to two target creatures and or planeswalkers. If X is six or more, deal X twice, divided as you choose amongst them instead. And on the other side, we have a land, Shatter Skull the Hammer, the hammer Pass, a red source that enters play tapped unless you pay three life. Wheeler. You know what the worst part about this card is? Like the worst part? Does, doesn't go to the dome. Well, I mean, that's a, yeah, that's the actual worst. But I mean, like just looking at this, this card kind of like by itself like as printed is that sometimes like you need two mountains to sack to fire blast like that's it this isn't a mountain but other than that i think this card is just kind of free for red decks yeah this is definitely going to be the most played one of these i think this is as close to free real estate as it gets Ex yes this is oofa doofa like sure i guess i'll you know it's it is admittedly expensive when you're trying to deal with like multiple things right you do have to put some mana into it but that's but who cares it's free to play basically right yeah. again you don't care about the damage as much because you're red and even even outside of that like you could theoretically play this in red blue x decks yeah look this is this card is nuts in mm -hmm. yeah it's uh pretty good cool very cool all right Spike Field Hazard, single red instant, deal one damage to any target. If a permanent dealt damage this way would die, exile it instead. And on the other side, we have Spike Field Cave, a red source that enters play tapped. Jer. This card is great. Even goes in burn. 
Yep. Yeah. That, yep, yep. <laughs> very good. Thundering Rebuke. Two mana sorcery for one in a red. Deal four damage to target creature or planeswalker. Jer. This card is great. Play it over Mezium Warrior. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That just the fact that it can hit planeswalkers in our in our in the game we play in the year 2020, I think is more relevant than having the the sweeper for more most decks. Not to say you can't play both. Playing both might be correct. I think Flame Slash is likely still better. Depends a bit on your meta. I'd probably play Flame Slash over this almost every time. But once again, I could see playing playing both. This card's pretty good, though, I think. I think if you're out there playing, like, non-Blue Moon-ish decks, I don't know, like, for Blue Moon, I could maybe see playing Mizium Mortars still. I honestly think you'd probably be on both, but... Yeah, I think that's the more realistic scenario. Four damage to a Planeswalker doesn't even kill, like, the really big ones, which is unfortunate, but... Yeah, it's it. Aside from that, this cards give us more. Yeah, please keep tagging on Planeswalker. I said it, started saying it like three sets, and I've started calling out basically everyone. Just like, please keep tagging Planeswalker onto these cards. I held my tongue because with the black inscription that we covered, where I was like, you know, if this said destroyed a creature or Planeswalker, three CMC or less, phenomenal. But I thought maybe that's too greedy. But you know what? It's no, not. Treat yourself. It's not. Yeah. Or, or don't treat yourself, just punish Oko. <laughs> For the love of God, let me kill Oko. Please. <laughs> like, I've given up on trying to kill Teferi. It's just never going to happen. But, like, please let me kill Oko. <laughs> I'll settle for killing Sahili. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Next up, Valakut Awakening. Three mana instant for two and a red. Put any number of cards from your hand on the bottom of your library. Then draw that many cards plus one. On the opposite side, we have Valakut Stoneforge. Wow, two powerful card names. Yet when added together, eh? As a red source that enters the battlefield tapped. Jar, what do you think? This card's really, really good. It's an instant speed draw spell. It's like a cantrip at worst, and it could re recycle your whole garbage hand if you're like me and tend to keep loose and play looser and deck build the loosest. So, mm. <laughs> I'd uh, yeah. I'd I'd like to use this card in particular as a acknowledgement of yes, these lands go into Charbelcher, and yes, mm. they're pretty darn good. That's mm. it. Yeah, this this card's really, really good. Goes into a lot of red decks. Well, speaking of Valakit, let's talk about Valakit Exploration. Three mana enchantment for two and a red. Landfall. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card for as long as it remains exiled. You may play that card for as long as it remains exiled. I think a lot of people are going to play this wrong. And then at the beginning of your end step, if there are cards exiled with Valakut Exp Exploration, put them into their owner's graveyard, then deal damage to each opponent. E basically equals the number of cards there. I don't know. What are you thinking, Wheeler? I mean, like this card's like kind of busted, right? In the right, in, like in the right deck, like this is super busted. This, this is just kind of like a disgusting, messed up card. Cool. Yep, sure cool. is. Yeah, yeah. This card is busted in Scapeshift and busted in any deck that could possibly play Fastborn. Yeah, Fastborn to one. This well, this is a better Horn of Greed. 
This does everything you want Horn of Greed to do, but it's not symmetrical. And also, like, if if that horn was also just, like, hiding a magma cannon. If it also killed them. Yeah. Like, the amount of times I've been going off with lands and had, like, virtually unlimited landfall triggers, but no way to actually kill my opponent. Yeah. An engine card and a win con built into one. Like, I'm, I have considered playing this in eggs like in the red like a more just guy or four color because it's just like it's cheap it's easy on your mana early enough it just gives you more cards but then also when you're like looping it's just like oh wait i just like you don't even have to loop loop you could just have it happen a couple of times you're like i guess you're dead yeah i i like that card a lot that's probably this is probably my favorite card from the set yeah. It just it just opens up so many possibilities. All right, our final card that we want to talk about today is the Wayward Guide Beast. One mana, two, two for a single red beast with trample and haste. And whenever it deals combat damage to a player, return a land you control to its owner's hand. So this is sort of the, a lot of people are comparing it to the new Goblin Guide. But the downside's a lot scarier than making your opponent draw a card if they reveal a land off the top. What do we think? Do you think red decks are going to play this? No. Okay, good. I want other people to talk before I make myself look like an idiot when I talk about how much I think this, how much I, I personally love this card. All right, perfect. I think this card is no bueno. It's a one drop you can't cast on one. I think if it was Haste Menace, then we might have an interesting discussion. But I think the trample is largely useless and this card is not very good this card is probably going to lose you as many games as it wins you well see that okay so i i look at this card off the through through the lens of the type of like the way that i like to build mono red like again this is the you talk to three different people that build like that have played a handful of mono red right they all have different ways of building it different top end opinions on pump spells all that jazz number of lands yeah exactly <laughs> and so i look at this and i think and and i look at my curve for my red decks and shocking literally everyone uh, i tend to play less lands more cheap spells gasp so this card, I love this card because I don't think so. This card, I love this card because I don't think that you really like, again, yeah, not playing this on one is not, it's, it's bad, actively bad, unless you keep like a mox plus one land hand. And even then it's not great, but I just look at this as like a supplementary, like if it's, as long as it's not your very first creature, in a deck of a bajillion one drops and two drops and pump spells and cheap burn, this card's this card's great, and I think the trample is relevant in a in in the deck like that that is bound to have. I think we're at like five giant growths, like brute force kind of effects. I don't outside of that. I think this card's poo. Like if you're trying to cast hazard in your red deck or like <laughs> more things, then or like a three drop. Yeah, so there's an old aggro deck that used to be in the format. What was the land tap at any color? Undiscovered but it, Paradise. Under Like, this is in the old... This reminds me of the old Undiscovered Paradise-style aggro deck. You're playing Moxin, you're playing um, Chrome Mox. Five-color one-drops? Yeah, five-color one-drops loves this. Uh, Winter Orb loves this. You know, cool, I'll, I'll return a tap land to my hand so I can replay it. You know, Undiscovered Paradise plus Winter Orb used to be sort of like an interesting, like, I'm a genius I can untap a land and return the other tap land to recast it every turn. <laughs> in, 
in a deck to well and one of the reasons another reason why i like it is that in a deck that is going to run fewer lands but is looking to also you know double spell and occasionally have multiple plays even up to three and not necessarily a three drop but three mana worth of spells like being able to i don't know volcanic hammer or something pre-combat clear a blocker smash return a land get to play it untapped and then fire off either another one drop keep up a burn spell that kind of stuff color one drop still good now because that deck kind of fell out of favor just as mid-range got stronger as as card quality got better right like does we've talked about that deck having a, a home in the past does it have a home now Serge, the last time I played that deck, I thankfully have a time point on that. Yeah, 2017? No, it was 2020. It was in March, I want to say, maybe May. I think over four hours of playing an extremely fast deck, like you can get a lot of games in with this. I think I maybe won two matches. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, that could be a product of a lot of things, but... I certainly wasn't having a good time. <laughs> like, it was just like, oh, God. So, like, there is a deck that wants this card, but it it needs work. It needs love. Oh, my apologies. February 26th. Oh, God. Amazing. All right. All right. So, any, any final thoughts on the Guide Beast? I like it. But anytime somebody says, like, no, this is not, unpl- like, this should not be played, I understand where they are coming from and agree with them outside of just like really low curve red i could see it being good in that deck but yeah or maybe boros like i don't know but it's my enter i Uh. enter this (laughs) well no i mean that deck's mana sucks so like (laughs) being able to like maybe reset your lands to cast things i I just don't think dual land and you can't play basics because then you can't cast any spells (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like that. Hey, that's the reality of Boros, right? Oh, you don't like, have to tell me. I have the best getting beat by garbage Boros mana story there is. So I like that you and I are just dunking on Boros while Surge is here, just like slowly rubbing his plateau. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to make it work. Yeah, by adding Mishra's workshop to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, just get all the Boros cards out, replace them all with artifacts. You got yourself a solid Boros deck. Yeah, where's your point spread start? Well, Tolarian Academy. <laughs> triple mocks all right all right let's call it there friends so thank you so much for listening to part two of our zendikar rising set review we'll be back with part three which covers the cards that we missed and also speaking of cards that we missed if you think we missed anything in red and black or the previous episodes please let us know down in the comments below reminder this podcast is brought to you by you with your supporter for the patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run i've been surge joined by wheeler and jer thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time Bye-bye.